Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. Mox on the Mic kicking off another week talking Chattanooga athletics. Glad to have you along with us and uh, wherever you're joining us from. Make sure if you haven't yet, make sure you go hit that subscribe button. If you're an Apple podcast listener, please subscribe, rate, and review Mox on the Mic. It helps us be able to find mock fans out there, and it helps mock fans be able to find us. Talking hoops this week. I know we just got football season underway, but we got to turn our attention real quick to basketball for a little bit as the schedules for both the men's and the women's teams have been announced. We get a chance to chat with both head coaches, find out a little bit about what's going on in both programs as well as talk about the schedules. So we've got uh, men's basketball coach Dan Earl coming up in just a minute, but let's start first with the defending Southern Conference Tournament champions, the Chattanooga Mox, and their head coach in Sean Poppy. Coach, is it a different feeling uh, going into this year compared to last? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it starts with expectations. <laughs> um, you know, last year, obviously, we're all expecting to 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 produce something. Um, there's a lot of unknown um, following the year we had, and. Uh, obviously getting a, a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. Uh, the expectations, I think externally, maybe the voices are a little bit louder um, for, for this group. And we got to try to internalize it. Obviously, it's always been been our goal and, and our dream. But, um, you know, I think just the expectation that you hear around, it's a good thing to have, good problem to have, but making sure we stay focused in the moment. What's the the, the thing that you wish you knew this time a year ago? Ooh, um, that's a really good question. Uh, I wish I would have known um, probably that group I had last year. If you think about our returners uh, this year, so that's that's Addie Grace and Raven Thompson and Seager and Olaf's daughter. I don't think I had any clue of, of how good of people, uh, what kind of culture kids they were, uh, how much they would develop. Um, I wish I would have known that back then. Um <laughs> I think I would have slept a lot better at night. <laughs> um, but I also would have known and had a, a really good feeling of where this place and this program uh, would be headed, knowing that I had them uh, in, you know, in our arms. How much credit do you give to to that group? Oh, I mean, it's, it's really phenomenal what they did. Uh, just that group I just mentioned. And you think about Abby Cornelius and, and Yaz Waziradine and, you know, it kind of, the list goes on and on. Uh, even someone is, is Audrey Cantor, although it was a walk-on turn scholarship kid, this was culture, right? And, um, you know, that group fully bought into everything that we were selling as a staff. Uh, they began to love on each other, and and really the confidence grew. Um, but, you know, our culture is, is um, you know, any anyone that comes and watches us, watches us practice, um, or is around us um, for a very short time. It seems to be a, a common theme of uh, the culture we have in place, the type of kids we have, and and a lot of that credit goes back to to the group we just mentioned. Culture is a word that gets used uh, a lot by coaches. So, what is the culture of Chattanooga women's basketball? Well, it starts with with kids that that um, you know it's, it sounds really cliche, good kids, but kids that are willing to sacrifice for one another kids that are willing to cheer each other on, kids that are willing to work 
uh, hard for, for one common goal, not for their goal, right? I think that in team sport, working hard and doing all that is a good thing, but are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it for others? And um, I think along with that, I think they're, they're welcoming. Um, they want to share our story in a positive light. Um, all those things mixed together to us as culture, um, a group that, that shares gratitude for one another, gratitude for the situation that an opportunity that they're afforded. Um, and, and obviously, in my opinion, part of culture is how do you represent something bigger than yourself? And I think we have a group that does that very well. I want to give you a chance to brag for a minute. Uh, Yaz Waziruddin getting a chance to go on and, and play professionally. I know that was something that, uh, a, a goal for her, but it's got to be kind of proud for you to see somebody that you played a hand in the development of be able to get that chance to continue their career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when, when she sat in here during that recruitment process and laid out what she was looking for and, and what her dreams were, um, you know, I told her, I, I can't make it happen, but I sure can, I can assist it. All right. I can, um, spend time on the court to help develop you. Here's some some things that I've done. I've seen what it looks like. If you meet me in the middle, um, we'll be able to reach your dreams. And uh, for her to get to that opportunity, um, I joke with her. I was texting with her uh, over the weekend. Uh, I said, you have a lot more appreciation for me now than you did then, don't you? And she started laughing. Um, you know, just professional life's a little different. Uh, you don't have uh, all the coaches around you and, and helping guide you. You're, you're kind of there to produce and um, she, she's doing really well. I'm so proud of her. Uh, I look forward to kind of following her career. She's uh, down in Mexico currently and uh, she'll be finishing up. It was kind of a short term contract. There's they're looking to make the playoffs. Um, and I look forward to kind of as that plays itself out and, and where she heads after that. Uh, she's a phenomenal kid. Great work ethic. And uh, again, one that I'll be forever indebted to. The schedule is out. Season tickets are on sale. Let's talk a little bit about this schedule. First off, how involved is Sean Poppy when it comes to to putting a schedule together? Well, very, very involved. Um, you know, I think that it's it's one of those things where you want to um, you want your kids to to get ready for the Southern Conference. Uh, there's a balance that comes with that, um, whether that be home games, away games, whether it be competition level, whether it be how many you playing in a week. I think it's it's really. Um, uh, a very, very important piece. I think that your your how you schedule, what you schedule, um, can either build you up, but also can can in a sense ruin ruin a year. And uh, I tried to, to balance this thing out of again a year ago. We inherited a lot of the schedule. Uh, I'm glad we don't have a whatever that was last year, eight games in a row on on the road or whatever it was. It felt like a hundred. Um, you know, I think that it has a, a very, very good balance. But um, yeah, I'm very, very involved for sure. You have one that, uh, at least a non-conference schedule, that you've got a nice mix. There's an SEC team in there. You get a chance to host them in Mississippi State. But you've got a lot of games against some what I would consider to be regional-type rivals, Austin P, Tennessee Tech. Uh, short trips uh, for both their fans and Chattanooga fans if they want to be able to catch you guys on the road at a place like Kennesaw State or Lipscomb. That's, you know, Eastern Kentucky is an easy drive down for those folks. Uh, was that important to try to uh, continue some of those series regionally? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I think our location, we're, we're really blessed that you can get 
on a, a quick bus trip one way or the other, whether we're going, like you mentioned, to Tennessee Tech or Eastern Kentucky's coming down to us. Um, I think that it can it can create a, a, an atmosphere and opportunity that becomes very welcoming. Um, and with that said, this happened to be a good cycle where not only is it regional, but there's there's really good competition. Uh, Tennessee Tech's, you know, the Ohio, Ohio Valley tournament uh, champion from a year ago. They made an NCAA appearance. Uh, Lipscomb, I think, won 20 something games last year. Uh, Eastern Kentucky is a little different. Now, that's a return game from a pre-COVID contract, um, but had a really good year, 17 wins, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it's, it's not only regional and all the things you just mentioned, but they're also quality opponents. And uh, I think the other thing that, that sometimes gets failed to, to talk about is style of play. You know, I think that we're going to get a chance to see a bunch of different styles, which ultimately prepares us for uh, the Southern Conference, which has a, you know, you think about a, a UNC Greensboro that kind of pressure defense and, and dribble drive motion compared to a Furman that's going to try to out execute in, in a half court set and um, Mercer that puts you in a bunch of ball screens. And so uh, each of those different um, styles of play, uh, I feel like we'll have a chance to see that in the non-conference, along with with having a chance to play some of the um bcs big dogs you know mississippi state coming to town will be a lot of fun uh, they projected if, I, if i'm not mistaken the top 25 program headed into the year um there's some opportunities along the way if things you know play out accordingly we have a chance to play coastal carolina which is uh, a really good opponent uh, up in cherokee and uh, if, if we're able to take care of business there there's a, a potential opponent of Mi uh, michigan state um or richmond who i think is favored to win the a10 so uh, it's not ducking anybody. It's it's strategically uh, putting it out there to uh, one for our fans. I think it's exciting that they get to see us play quality competition, um, but also with the understanding of of what's let's, let's get this thing ready for when the Southern Conference tips off in January. Uh, Coach, I want to come back to the Cherokee Invitational in in just a minute because that's some that's some quality competition that's that's going to be a part of that. Uh, I do have to make note, though, Sunday, November the 12th, Marshall uh, visits the McKenzie Arena. For for those that have been around the Southern Conference and Chattanooga Athletics for a long time, if you can't say something good about Chattanooga, say something bad about Marshall. I mean, that was, at one time, that was the rivalry in this conference. Yeah, and you know, I, I did not realize that until last year when it came out, and the amount of... Uh you know, fanfare and, and donors that, that kind of reached out to me and said, I'm glad you got them back on. It was kind of uh, did not know type deal. <laughs> um, <laughs> with that said, I do think that it kind of drove us a little bit as we head up there. And then we did not play our best at Marshall a year ago. Still had an opportunity to, to win the game and did not. So um, some redemption coming back uh, in our in our uh, thoughts is they, they come down into McKenzie and, and we'll see if we can rile something up. If things go well, um, we're hoping to make that uh, our ring uh, celebration night uh, for from last year's championship. Uh, so that can make it even uh, more exciting uh, opportunity to come out and watch an old rivalry rivalry uh, along with uh, last year's team uh, get their championship rings. Now back to the Cherokee Invitational for a second. Uh, I've I've seen this the stuff on social media about this coach. Uh, this is a pretty unique event that's literally in your backyard, but you rattled off some of the competition that's, that's going to be there for this. I, I think this is a really cool event and, and really awesome for you guys to get a chance to participate in it. How did it come about? 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We actually tried to get in the the inaugural one a year ago. Uh, last year was the first year hosting uh, up there. Um, you know, they, what they're trying to do is is coincide a high school uh, Thanksgiving tournament and or Christmas tournament, which now it's moved to Christmas um, with uh, so high school mixed in with with some really good college games and. Um, I think it's a, an unbelievable opportunity for us. Uh, again, like you said, it's just right up the road. A lot of a lot of our fan base, uh, as we mentioned, it they they're getting their free free rooms already from as many times they already go up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think it's it's definitely a unique opportunity. Again, quality competition. I love the teams that we have up there um, that'll compete. Um, obviously, for us, selfishly, we'll have an opportunity to recruit a little bit. I think there's a host of really good high school competition uh, going on during the same time. It'll be a neat experience for our girls. Um, you know, the Cherokee are actually going to um, perform at, at, a, at a banquet the night before we get things rolling. So uh, culturally, we'll get to see kind of what that looks like and have our kids learn. Um, and so it, it was it was something that's hard to pass up on. Uh, I think that we can also turn it into a little bit of a home event um, in all reality. I think it's a good time of the year. Uh, for for us to get some some mock fans to come up there and hang out a couple of days, uh, watch us, and I guess if you want to do a little gambling, you can do that too. Now, where will the where will the games be played in Cherokee? Yeah, they have a, um, a for lack of a better way to describe it, I guess a banquet hall where they run all their concert series. Um, they are going to uh, put a, a college floor down in that. Um, uh, banquet hall room, uh, which I've actually just got off a phone call yesterday with. Uh, they're getting ready to release uh, um, through their marketing department um, just some packages. I think there's literally box suites that we could uh, that are up for sale. There's uh, floor side seats, um, and th- I think they're also releasing some packages for you know come and stay and play and get tickets to games. Uh, very very unique. Again, last year I think they ran it in the normal. Um, you know, one of their convention halls. Uh, but this year, I think it's been moved to uh, operating everything to where they uh, the same the same place where they have all their uh, concerts. That's not foreign to your kids, right? I mean, you guys have done the, the games before where they drop the floor down at the banquet hall somewhere and and you go play, right? Yeah, this specific group, obviously, we've not had an opportunity to do it, but it's not not foreign to to this day and age of kids. Uh, you think about every uh, almost every AU tournament feels like that's that kind of setting. Um, it's definitely will be unique to this group, but um, I like the idea of it's still going to be a smaller venue, but I like the idea of and we've got two of them on the schedule of playing in tournament style back-to-backs. And for us, what we're trying to help prepare, again, everything's for the Southern Conference, is uh, an opportunity to prepare yourself for when the Southern Conference tournament comes around. And um, it takes a a different level of focus, a different level of um, taking care of your body, a different level of uh, togetherness. And so uh, that's what the Thanksgiving tournament down in Daytona and then uh, the Christmas one up in Cherokee will, will hopefully uh, accomplish for us. Um, while we get to enjoy some some fun experiences that, um, that that not many get to do. You guys are now the hunted in the Southern Conference. 
tell me a little bit about the conference. Give me a quick preview here as we uh, as we visit in mid September. Yeah, it's going to be uh, an interesting you know group. I think it's so interesting because I know as I came in, um, you know, coming off a, a not so good year and things have made some change. Chattanooga still <laughs> have target on their back. For forever, uh, when you've had as much success as this program has, it's almost like uh, kick them while they're down, right? Or, <laughs> or go get them while they're at the top. It doesn't matter on the women's basketball. So you're going to get everyone's best shot, um, just because of the history. And uh, now again, we're just on the other side of that. We've had some success in a year. Um, you know, for us, I think uh, I really like the team. I think that we're built to to compete in our league. This, the look around the league, it's a little different. Um, Mercer has dang near a whole new roster. Um, Susie's still down there, but she got a whole group of new assistant coaches. So it'll be time will tell what, what that group looks like. Uh, the Gonzalez kid is back who put a show on here in McKenzie Arena. Um, 30-something points, I think, as a freshman. Uh, luckily, we did get the win that night, but um, – you know, Wofford has the returning player of the year. Uh, she did lose some counter counterparts. Um, you know, their post player is, is no longer there. She's graduated. Uh, Jackie Carmen is is lefty who could really, really score it is no longer there. So they're going to look a little different, although they have some some key pieces returning. Uh, Sanford loses a handful of their top kids. Um, you know, I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, first or second team all conference guard is gone. Uh, their big post player is no longer there, so they're going to look different. I think there's a lot of question marks. Uh, Furman's got a new coach uh, with Pierre Curtis, um, so I, it'd be interesting to see how do they play compared to what they did when Jackie uh, was there. I think for us is we got to do no different than we did a year ago. Um, although we can we can peek at what's going on, the most important group is us, and and how do we continue to get better one day at a time and. Focus on us. Um, I think that we're, we're deeper than we were. I don't think I know we're deeper than we were a year ago. Um, and and sometimes that's a good thing because you got more options. But there's also a lot of question marks of how do those pieces fit together? Um, last year, there was six or seven. You, you didn't look much further. I think we could – there's 12 to 13 out there right now that are competing that could help us win in this conference. Uh, that's a good problem to have, but also uh, keeps me up at night trying to figure out how to put those p uh, pieces together. Coach, we'll talk more uh, about your team itself when we get together uh, in a um, in another month or so prior to the start of the season and do this. But to close out, I wanted to ask, um, what's what's next for you guys? What's happening? What's the short term itinerary uh, for Chattanooga women's basketball? Yeah, we got a couple more weeks here before, you know, official team practice starts. Um, you know, in today's NCAA world, it feels like you've been practicing for six, seven weeks due to summer. Um, we did have them here for five weeks in the summer, a little break. Uh, with that said, we didn't get our whole team. We had two still missing um, up until fall semester started. So it's kind of like we restarted with the the team camaraderie, chemistry, and those kind of things. Um, you know, as, as the fall semester started. So we're kind of taking advantage of, of this time and, and through the next two weeks of, you know, slowly installing some concepts that we're trying to work on without spending too much time teaching the little things. I want them to learn how to play with each other, off of each other, how to compete with one another. Um, and so that's kind of what we're doing in between now and, and the 25th of September. When that 
25th date, you got more time. You're down now. Your your 20 hour work weeks. Uh, we can really start to break down the little things and and how to tighten some things up and and add in uh, mixture of defenses and those kind of kind of things. My biggest thing right now is is team chemistry, camaraderie, com, you know, competing with one another um, and doing it while we get to play a little bit. Which anytime they get a chance to run up and down, that's that's what they want to do. They don't want to do any drills anymore. <laughs> is uh, so everybody's made it to campus. Everybody is here. Everybody is here. We again, we had uh, 12 of them here this summer, um, six returners and six uh, new. Um, obviously, Flo played with her her uh, national team with the Netherlands um, all summer. She did not come back until until fall semester started. Uh, they had an opportunity to um, win the bronze. Um bronze yes in the european championships uh, so that was an awesome experience for her to represent her country a dream that she's always had um and then joy maddox is a, a grad transfer that did not get here until the fall due to uh, needing to, to complete her graduation uh so that she can be eligible to play right away so uh she did a lot of hers uh, virtually um through the summer and and uh she joined us here the fall. So, so all, all 14 here were healthy uh, for the most part. And um, it's been a lot of fun getting them, get them together and uh, building that team chemistry. Coach, I appreciate it as always. We'll look forward to catching up with you again before the start of the season. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. We'll talk soon. Thanks to coach Poppy for the time as always. Now let's uh, turn our attention over to men's basketball and visit with Chattanooga head coach, Dan Earl. Coach, appreciate the time, man. I'm, uh, it's always good when we get a chance to uh, to catch up for a little bit and some some news for you guys coming out about the uh, about the, the, the schedule release. Tell us a little bit about it from the head coach's standpoint. What all went into to putting this, in particular the non-conference schedule, what all went into it to putting it together for you? Yeah, you know, scheduling uh, with each passing year seems to get a bit more difficult, uh, particularly with the transfer portal. So the timeline of the whole thing, we'd like to get it out earlier. Um, you know, uh, I think there's still some Division One teams that don't have it out yet. Uh, but, you know, trying to, you know, do a little bit of everything. Uh, we we lost a decent amount of our roster, so we have a bunch of new faces, but trying to challenge ourselves, uh, playing some high majors at Auburn, at Louisville, which I think is a fun environment to go into. The guys will be excited about that. Um, we have seven home games, six away games. Uh, we have a, what's called an MTE, a multi-team event uh, at home against Evansville and SEMO. So good two, uh, two good opponents there. Uh, Evansville is in the Missouri Valley. SEMO uh, went to the NCAA tournament last year. And then a, a lot of just well-coached and very good teams. Uh, I could go down the list, but, uh, you know, Bellarmine and Lipscomb, Moorhead State, uh, and the list goes on and on at Milwaukee. So, uh, you know, trying to balance out the schedule for some like opponents, some, you know, really challenging games, and then uh, hopefully we can get some wins out of it as well. You know, I, I love the games against the what I consider to be regional you know, quote unquote, mid-major teams. I, I, you know, I love seeing Tennessee Tech and Lipscomb and and even Alabama A and M and Gardner Webb on these schedules because uh, one for home games it gives their fans a chance to travel, and for road games it's a chance for for our fans to be able to go see them. 
Yeah, no doubt. I, I think that really helps. And we try to stay local for two reasons. One, just what you brought up is, hey, it allows fans to get there. Um, really a bunch of reasons, but it allows fans to get there. Uh, it's not too taxing on, you know, our guys' bodies traveling further away. Um, so that helps as well. Um, and then to be honest with you, the cost uh, standpoint, right? Like uh, we can't fly all over the country or whatever. So I think it works every which way, but in particular to allow fans to to come to the games, away games. And, and uh, like you said, if we have home games, their opponents, the opponents fans to come see us here. I wanted to ask about the Coke Zero Sugar Classic. You mentioned Evansville and SEMO both coming in for that. Is this something you hope to turn into an annual event here? We do. We're working on that, and it's been great uh, sponsorship from Coke and uh, you know different people working behind the scenes. And we would like to make that an annual event. I think my understanding is we used to, you know, back in the day, X amount of years ago, had it kind of an annual event. We'd like to bring it back that way. So we're hoping to continue to do that. Um, you know, uh, there's different ways to do those tournaments. Sometimes you can make it a you know, bring in three different teams. So you're playing three games uh, with a, as challenging as scheduling was, we were uh, fortunate to get two teams to come in, um, but we'd like to do that in the future. As you mentioned. Coach, you mentioned the, the new guys that you have on this roster. I want to ask first about some of the old guard uh, coming back, Sam Alexis and uh, Demetrius Davis and, and Randy Brady being your holdovers uh, from a season ago. How important are those guys now having been in this program uh, to kind of helping get these other guys acclimated and ready to go for when the season starts? Yeah, no doubt, you know, really important. And we're trying to have more continuity as we roll forward. Uh, you know, we do have a bunch of new faces, but as you mentioned, a couple guys or a few guys that are back, uh, Sam Alexis, we're looking to have a really good year. I think most people remember he had some really nice moments last year as a freshman, and it's always good to see, you know, guys get older. He's now a sophomore and, you know, him being a consistent presence for us will be a big key to our season but he's got some really good moves and plays hard and run the floor and just changes body. So we're super excited about him. Demetrius Davis is a guy that started virtually every game last year. He's long athletic. You know, he has a year in our system under his belt. He'll be a senior this year, um, but he's done some really good things for us, shooting on the perimeter, driving the ball to the hole. And then Randy Brady, another, uh, you know, guy that you mentioned that's, you know, Chattanooga homegrown guy, um, really good basketball player. He has a really good feel and we're looking at him to, to for him to take a jump this year uh, with, you know, hopefully playing time and his impact on the program. And believe it or not, coach, we're going to see honor Huff on the floor in a Chattanooga uniform. And I think everybody's excited about what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's a, uh, you know, honor, you know, having him back will be awesome. It was a tough having him sit out last year, you know, uh, you know, the rules of the SOCON, all that good stuff. But uh, he was with us at practice every year. He's a guy that, again, you know, part of this is uh, guys that understand our system, our style of play, our expectations. So the learning curve for him from that standpoint will be much less. Now you still got to get the guys all used to one another, um, which when we talk about our new guys, um, that takes some time sometimes as well, but honors, uh, you know, fans may remember him from when we were at VMI. He had a really good game here in McKenzie arena. 
in the roundhouse and he's a really good player. He's put on, you know, maybe 10, 12 pounds. Um, he's still not the most physically strong guy in the nation, but um, he looks much better. He's playing better defense. I give him a hard time about that, but he can certainly shoot the ball and score the ball. And I think uh, fans will enjoy watching him play this year. Rudy Fitzgibbons comes over from the Citadel. Will he sit out this year? No, he is able to play this year because he has graduated from the Citadel. So uh, similar to Jake Stevens, right? If, if the, the SOCON rule is if you graduate from one SOCON school, you can transfer within conference. So Rudy will be able to play for us this year, and we're excited about him. And he'll have this year and next year of eligibility? Correct. He, he has two years left. Yeah, it's it's funny, Chris. You know, you ask that question. It's a great question. But, you know, sometimes, I'll, you know, I'll be at the football game and people come up and, hey, how many years does so-and-so have left? And you got to like, <laughs> stop and do the math, right? The COVID year and did they transfer or were they injured at all? Whatever. It's tough to figure that all out uh, nowadays. But, yes, Rudy will have uh, two years of eligibility left. Of these new guys that you're bringing in, who has you most excited? Yeah, to be honest with you, a lot of guys. Uh, if we kind of stay with just the transfers, we had four transfers, but Jan Zedek is a guy from Pepperdine, a big guy, about 6'10", plays extremely hard, um, you know, has played a lot of minutes at Pepperdine and uh, brings, you know, he's from the Czech Republic. He won a gold medal this uh, for the university games uh, with the Czech Republic this uh, past summer uh, as well. So, but he... You know, he's really good, skilled, can make shots uh, and is physical and can bang and grab rebounds. Um, another guy, Tyler Millen from MTSU, Middle Tennessee State, uh, is another physical guy, senior, uh, can make shots as well, but really defense plays good defense and rebounds the ball. Um, and then again, just staying with our transfers, but Trey Bonham is a young man that uh, is going to be outstanding for us. He was with us at VMI. He went to Florida for a year and now he transferred back to us uh, here at chat. So um, he is going to be outstanding. Now he, it looks like we'll probably have to sit the year as well, um, which is unfortunate, but you know, you got him for two years after that. So uh, those are some of your transfers that some, or those are the transfers coming in. And then we have some freshmen coming in as well. You're going to obviously have to count on the transfers and even some guys out of this freshman class. You got to count on them pretty heavy this year because of what all you lost from a season ago, right? Yeah, no doubt. We we did. We lost a lot of production, you know, and that's, uh, you know, it makes you a little bit uh, nervous in some ways, but um, that's kind of this day and age as well. And I really like the group uh, just having them this summer working out. Uh, they're working extremely hard. They're really coachable. We got a lot of good pieces and we have some freshmen, as you mentioned, that are, I think, ready to help us right away. Um, a couple guys that stick out, um, Miles Che is a young man from California. He played the skills factory in, uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, and he's physically gifted and ready and plays with a good pace. He's kind of a bigger guard, if you will. Um, Noah Melson, uh, is another young man that we have really, uh, high hopes for, you know, I think impacting things right away. And then as he fills out and, uh, grows, you know, moving forward as well, but he's about six, six and is a taller guard, can make shots, can get downhill as well. And then two other freshmen we have, Sean Cusano, about 6'9", can make shots, a really good overall basketball player. And Colin Mulholland is a 6'11", uh, freshman from Minnesota by way of Canada. But uh, um, he really is skilled and can make shots, and uh, he needs to get a little bit physically stronger. Uh, but with time, he's going to be really good. And it's Miles Che? 
Is that right? Okay. Is that the yep. C -A -A. Yep. All right. I got to practice that between now and November. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of that coach, what's the itinerary for you guys like over the next couple of weeks? Yeah. So right now, Chris, you know, it, it's funny. We have meetings as a staff constantly, and we're trying to figure out how hard to push the guys, right? Because the season's in some ways right around the corner um, and you want them getting in shape and you're on working hard and still continue to get better. Right. Um, but at the same time, you're balancing that out with basketball season, as you know, is a long year. So, uh, you know, you want to be playing your best basketball in you know February and then into March, uh, certainly. So um, so you're trying not to push them too hard as well. So. Long story short, we can go eight hours a week with them. That's required. We go four strength and conditioning. So we lift four days a week. We uh, are on the court at least four days, maybe a fifth day um, at times. And just trying to get them in the gym, get them used to our system and style, uh, working hard. And then we'll start up here. Official practice starts up September 25th. Uh, which I believe is a Monday. And essentially you'll have seven weeks before the first game. Um, it's long winded. I'm being long winded, but you can work out 30 of those 42 days. So you have to take 12 days off. So that's kind of what uh, the next uh, couple months look for us uh, looking into our first game on November 6th. Coach, there was a time when we could sit here in the middle of September and you could go through the Southern conference and, you know, you, you had a pretty good idea. Chattanooga's got this coming back and, you know, maybe it's Georgia Southern or Davidson or Marshall or whoever the teams were at that time, you kind of had a pretty good feel for where they were and what they had now with the transfer portal. I'm waiting on the, uh, on the blue ribbon book to come out so I can figure out who's where now, uh, your expectations for the conference, how much has things changed? Look, obviously you've had a ton of roster turnover. What about the rest of the conference? Yeah, great question. I, I'm with you right there, right? I'm looking forward to the Blue Ribbon book coming out as well. You know, So, <laughs> you know, we keep an eye on it, but there is just more and more roster turnover in, in college basketball in general. And certainly there's been some in the Southern Conference. Um, I do think some of the teams that have been towards the top will – kind of remain there with you know you know within reason so I think Furman while they lose two big guns in in Slauson and Bothwell they have a, a majority of their team coming back they'll be good Samford uh, you know UNCG uh, Western Carolina finishes the season really strong they're another a team that'll you know I think do really well this year so um, those are just some of the, the teams off the top of my head as you know every night's tough in the SoCon and you know, you don't know, again, what transfers they have coming in and how well they're going to fit in or how seamlessly they'll fit into the the style play with each respective school. But those are some of the teams that stick out. And uh, But we're going to compete. We look forward to getting after it. As I mentioned, we're super excited about our team, and they've been working extremely hard, and, and we're going to go at them. Coach, appreciate the time, man. We will certainly do this again before uh, before you guys tip it off for real. And uh, always uh, appreciate the time and, and and look forward to it. So we'll, we'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Sounds great. Thanks for having me, Chris. Thanks to Coach Earl for giving us some time. Again, thanks to Coach Poppy. Thanks to you for being here this week as well. Tate Johnson, our producer, for making all of this happen and putting it all together. Appreciate you being with us this week. Join us again next time. For Mox on the mic. Until then, so long and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.